Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 169 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Nicholas Walsh. Nicholas is a technical evangelist for Amazon Web Services, working to empower developers everywhere and to create engaging educational content. Nicholas has worked to build developer tools across multiple organizations that power artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities in applications. And many moons ago, Nicholas worked as a research assistant in the biotech space. So, Nicholas, welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Phil. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was how you moved from being a research assistant in biotech into the IT industry. Starting from the beginning, um, I initially was really set on becoming a doctor, a, a surgeon. Those were things that really excited me. And so when I was in school, that's what I decided to major in. When I was performing my research, uh, I started to realize that what I was enjoying was some of the programming aspects. And it was very simple at the time, you know, coding analytical scripts, automating data analysis. But the more I really delved into that, the better I was getting at it when compared to my peers and the more of the work from my lab I was absorbing, essentially. And so I started to take a step back and think, hmm, I'm really liking this coding thing. Maybe this is where I'm meant to be. And so I decided to go to these wild and crazy events called hackathons. Uh, Essentially, they're like computer programming competitions. And so the first one I went to was biomedical themed. And I I had this huge surge of, you know, imposter syndrome, right? Like, I'm not a developer. Could I be able to contribute meaningfully to this to this event. And so when I went and I had the time of my life and didn't sleep for two straight days, I looked back at that experience and said, wow, this is exactly what I need to be doing. And so that was really the catalyst for moving into the IT and full-time development space. So how long did that take in terms of when you decided to move into IT? What was the sort of duration to move from the biotech into IT? Yeah, so it was um, a gradual process, I'd say. It's definitely iterative. Um, I think like many transitions are, it's hard to sort of just completely jump cold turkey. Uh, It started out with taking on more of those responsibilities even before I knew I wanted to make that jump, but then ultimately starting to take on projects that were further code-oriented and abstract more of the problem-solving away with regards to biotech. So I'd say the first large step I took was a data science internship at a exciting startup in San Francisco. And after getting that sort of boots on the ground experience, I had confirmed to myself that that was exactly where I wanted to be. And so at that point, I knew, okay, I I made a list for myself and said, these are certain technologies or skills that I need to be able to learn in one way or another. And so I sort of over the next year or so on the side at other hackathons on my own time, went about making projects for fun, sometimes with friends to be able to learn those skills through project-based learning. Great. I mean, that's a fantastic approach in terms of being able to move from one thing to another without actually making that clean break, if you like. It's sort of a gradual process, as you say, of moving from one to another. 
Yeah, it's very difficult sometimes to completely abandon what you're currently doing and, and jump into something else. And I think this is something that is is natural, right? It's partially the fear, but also the logistics around completely picking up and trying to restructure what your professional career development looks like. And so I had the benefit of being able to spend some of my time in school and actually ended up staying an extra year uh, as a part of being able to ease that transition for myself. And so I took classes at school that would help me in where I wanted to go with respect to IT, data science, and, and AI, even if it wasn't necessarily contributing to the major I was doing at the time. And so again, very gradual process, very deliberate, but also, you know, you have to take it one step at a time. There's no magic day that you can wake up and just decide, okay, now, now just because I will it into existence, it can happen. You know, it's, uh, it's an iterative process that I think takes time. So Nicholas, can you share with us maybe a career tip, one that the audience perhaps doesn't know and should? One tip that I really figured out on my own, sometimes the hard way, is that even with seemingly unrelated experiences, looking back and performing some sort of retrospective to understand why that experience was positive or negative is extremely valuable. So I have a lot of friends who have actually been trying to switch career paths. And so one of the things that I tell them is that career development is not like throwing darts at a dartboard trying to see what sticks. If you took a pathway that you were not satisfied with, it's very important to understand what aspects were not satisfactory for you and avoid those going forward. And so a lot of people sort of miss that step and they keep trying the dartboard approach. But if you really look at what made you unhappy with the previous route, you can actually narrow in on other options that may be better and completely avoid other opportunities that may fall to the same demise that your previous role did. So yeah, I like the the fact you, you mentioned the word retrospective in particular. So is that something you now do proactively yourself? So when you complete something, you actually make sure you take the time to look back and, and see what went well and what went what didn't necessarily go so well? 100%, yeah. I would definitely say that this applies to on, on many scales, right? You can do this on an individual project basis. You can do it on a quarterly basis for yourself or on entire roles at a company, right? So for example, at my last role, I was at a very early stage startup building AI and machine learning developer tools. And so the reason why I was very excited about that role was that I wanted to be able to be there from day one and help shape the product and the developer experience. Now, after that happened, uh, or after I left the company rather, I had taken a look and said, okay, what did I get out of that role? What itches did that necessarily scratch? And where did I want to move forward from there? And that ultimately led me to where I'm at now at Amazon Web Services, where I scratched the itch with respect to building a product from the ground up and wanted to focus more on fostering an existing community and achieving growth uh, to an already flourishing community. And so that's one way that I've taken that from role to role and definitely driven where I want to go next. So, Nicholas, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I'd say for my worst IT career moment, I was working for Wolfram at the time, and I was uh, representing them at, at a conference or a hackathon. And so one thing that I was not abundantly aware of is necessarily how confrontational people can sometimes be when it comes to choosing technology, the tools they want for the job, right? And so... This person I had an interaction with, it, it was very, very opinionated about their choice of technology. And, and they essentially were coming to me trying to prove me wrong about why my technology or the technology of the company I was working for at the time was not great. And so while I was trying to simply satisfy this person, 
it really just didn't feel great to want to walk away from a conversation feeling like I couldn't have helped them. Um, but I think understanding when to cut your losses is a very important skill. And you can't convince everybody or make everybody happy. And that stands for a lot of things, right? Sometimes it's existing developers or customers out in the world. And other times it's just compromising with teammates or on projects internally. So that was definitely um, a very frustrating moment uh, with respect to trying to do the best by my company, but also help an individual. And it really did not feel great at the time. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't. No. <laughs> okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? As for my highlight, I would definitely go with um, a story from my last role at, at Datmo. Uh, we were working with one of our clients who is leveraging our developer tool, and they had a lot of excitement around implementing this AI or machine learning model for a computer vision application, but their budget was extremely limited. And so it was really hard for us to predict whether that would be enough to roll their application in the beginning. But ultimately, because they were one of our first customers, we were extremely committed to making sure that they were successful no matter what. And so we went back and iterated on that model and the architecture for the deployment so many times that we were able to cut the cost from tens of thousands of dollars to um, around three, four, five thousand dollars a month. And so not only was it an a insanely large amount of work on our end, but it was very fulfilling to know that we were able to go to all of the extremes to make sure that our customer was happy. And now I'm at Amazon and customer obsession is one of the core tenants, but uh, it felt really good to be able to get that project across the line for that client. Nick, can you maybe tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? I think IT is really exciting because I think it serves as a force multiplier for almost every subject domain in the world. So typically, when you look at different subject matters, and this plays a role when you're thinking about a career as well, uh, you think about what topics excite you. And one thing that I really learned was that I like solving problems. I like building things. And initially, I thought that might be medicine and research. But then I landed on tech and programming, and I realized I can design things in almost any subject domain. I can solve problems of all sorts of classes, and I can be a force multiplier and build technology that has large impact at scale. I think that's not going to go away, and that's not going to change anytime soon. And if anything else, it's only going to become more important. Uh, this really excites me, and it really lets me and everyone else know that the sky is the limit. And I think it's that it has an air of optimism about it that not many other fields can necessarily match. Yeah, that's very true. Do, do you feel that the way we solve problems now will change? Do you think that's something that's likely to, to happen as technology changes as well? Certainly. Um, I think one of the most exciting parts about recent developments, especially in my a wheelhouse AI and machine learning is that some of these tasks that require extremely high domain knowledge, like let's say doctors or medical professionals looking at x-rays or so on and so forth, we're able to actually build and design systems that can help and facilitate the automation of looking at these, performing these tasks. And so it's not necessarily that we're going to be living in a future where all of these things are completely automated away. But rather, we can raise the floor for the assistance that these tools can provide to people so that we can either A, have more people able to perform these high, typically high skill tasks, or B, we can actually use these developments in a human in the loop type cycle where we can give our existing professionals almost superhuman abilities where they can identify things to an even greater efficiency than they already can. And 
the medical space is only one example here. We can see this across travel, air traffic control, uh, telecommunications, and so on. And that the idea that we can essentially give ourselves superpowers with AI and machine learning is something that may sound hyperbolic, but it's something that I really think will change the way we work with technology going forward. Yeah, definitely be interesting to see what actually transpires and, and how effective it becomes. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of doubts. And uh, with regards to the curve of uh, hype and expectations around some of these technologies, we're certainly at different points at, uh, across different subject domains. But I think that AI and machine learning is definitely here to stay. And when you cut back all of the noise, there's definitely a very strong signal under the hood that uh, is providing a lot of impact today to a lot of different people. And I know that's only going to continue to grow more impactful. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Sounds great. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I think the most important thing that I did know early on, even before I was in IT, was that I liked solving problems and I liked building things. I was always the kid who was the happiest playing in a sandbox, building a castle or using Legos to build all sorts of different things. And if there's one thing that's been common from then to now, it's definitely been that. And so initially I thought it was medicine, but when I was able to solve problems iteratively and using code to be able to build persistent systems that almost outlive myself, that was when I really knew that IT and tech development, software engineering was where I wanted to be. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think the best career advice I've received is not to look one step ahead with regards to role and career progression, but rather two steps ahead. This is extremely important because it not only puts some sort of timeline on the intermediate role, but also sort of gives you two breakpoints in between or two avenues where you can designate skills between two different opportunities or roles that don't necessarily have to individually be the be all end all. And with that being said, the end goal two careers or two roles down the line doesn't have to be static. It can change after your experience from the following role. But the intermediate role should be something that you enjoy, even if it doesn't end up being something that you stick with for the timeline you expected. And conversely, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? I think the worst career advice I've received is trying to completely avoid conflict. I think that while it is extremely important to be respectful and not make enemies, I think at the same time, there are many people who are too afraid of being authentic and being able to express what can very often be valid opinions out of fear that others will disapprove of those opinions. In the tech and IT world, I think we see a lot of the opposite problem in that some people are extremely vocal about extremely strongly held opinions. But I think that you shouldn't let that scare you too much. Uh, there definitely is a middle ground. And I think that while many people try to employ the approach of being as uh, broadly applicable or broadly generalizable and palatable as possible. I find that hard to do personally. I find that a lot of the times where you are more, more authentic are where you build deeper connections. And if you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? If I were to start over in the IT world, I would give myself more time and start sooner. I know that that is not always an option for people at a certain point in their life, but 
I started programming when I was in high school. I took classes and I actually ended up not pursuing computer science in college because of the sole reason that my teacher was extremely uninspiring in the way that the, the class, the material was taught. We did nothing but sorting algorithms. And so while I did end up catching back up to computer programming later on in college, I really feel like it's computer programming knowledge and, and proficiency is, you know, some people may learn faster than others, but at the end of the day, being able to do projects, having the time to learn these things in the long term, this career in IT is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And so by giving yourself more time, developing habits to learn and setting yourself up for the long run, I think that is the sustainable advice that I would give someone else to, to truly set themselves up for success. Yeah, that is good advice. Definitely. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So at my last company, I wanted to be able to build a product from the ground up. And I did get to do that. I was extremely thankful for the experience. And it was truly a great time. Uh, as far as my current career goals, I really do enjoy being able to facilitate a, an existing community. And I get to do that at Amazon Web Services to, to a great effect. Currently, I want to be able to focus on resolving technical or highly technical deep conversations, creating workshop content that distills difficult AI and machine learning concepts to more people and enables people to start leveraging the power of AI and machine learning and other technologies we have at AWS more easily. And there's lots of different ways I'm doing that through live video streams, fireside chats with some of the people who build these technologies. I think right now that focusing on that deep uh, technical expertise is something that's extremely valuable to me and what I'm looking forward to grow. And in the extremely long term, I really enjoy having agency over larger projects. And I know that while I have the idea to found and I'm very interested in becoming a founder of a company at some point, I think that right now in the meantime, building this technical expertise helps me have a very strong foundation to be able to jump at the opportunity should it be the right time and place. Yeah, that sounds good. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think resiliency is far and away one of the most important things to succeed in uh, the IT career pathway. And so I would caveat this with a close second place being a um, willingness to uh, dive into the unknown. Uh, and so essentially, in the IT field, it changes extremely rapidly. Uh, I think even separate from IT in, in general, you need to be willing to be able to bounce back from times where you get something wrong or times where, where um, you know, hazards strike, right? Um, and so given how fast and how quickly I, the IT space moves, the ability to bounce back or to learn a new framework or to switch career pathways, I think is tantamount. Now, the second is the ability to dive into something that you may not know, because coupled with the fact that things move so quickly, it is very difficult to feel completely comfortable starting to learn something new. And so I've always been toying around with this idea of what is the ratio of a project that is ideal between splitting the information I know and the information I'll be learning. And so I've constantly tried to assess this for the projects I've done. Where do I feel too stressed when I'm learning too much at a time? Where do I feel like I didn't grow enough? I like to put it somewhere in the ballpark of 65, 35, let's say 70%, 30%, where the 70% is what you already know and the 30% is something that you're learning. Being able to assess how a project fits into that dichotomy is extremely important to set expectations, right? Not just for yourself, but for other coworkers who may be dependent on your work. 
Um, and, and doing this is, is a repeatable strategy for sustainable growth, where you're constantly challenging yourself, but not setting yourself up for failure by taking on too much at any one time. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? <laughs> to keep my own career energized, thankfully, I get a lot of excitement at work at AWS. I have the unique privilege to be able to not only get behind a camera and talk to hundreds of developers on some of our weekly shows, uh, but I also get to go out into the field and teach workshops where I get direct feedback from customers and developers on our services, on the developer experience. And I know that I get to be the one who takes that feedback back internally improve the product with the service team and be able to give another workshop down the line and hear less of that those critiques or hear positive feedback on on social media when when these improvements get made. And so knowing that my work has impact and being able to tangibly see that is something that's really exciting to me and it means that there's never a dull day. Yeah, that's great. So you get effectively a double hit in terms of feedback. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's really awesome because um, I may go give a talk, I, I will get feedback, forward it along, and then you know a month or two down the line, uh, a feature may be released, and I may have completely forgot of it, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But then I'll, I'll see the uh, the praise from that, and, and it's really fulfilling. And I'm just ultimately in a developer relations job. I think your job is to be able to make developers happy, uh, and being able to be that conduit uh, or that force multiplier, like I said before, is something that I value a lot internally at the organization is something that interests me greatly. Yeah. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Yeah, my spare time, I've got a few different hobbies. Um, I've always been a lifelong gamer. I think anyone that knows me is pretty aware of that. I've Grew up on, you know, PlayStation, Xbox. I play a lot of PC games now like Dota and Counter-Strike. It's a great way of keeping up with friends and family that are all geographically distributed. Uh, I've moved around a bit for my career from New York originally, then moved to the Bay Area. And now I'm up here in Seattle. But it's really great that I can keep that same hobby going and uh, still uh, spend time with the people that are important to me through that. But beyond video games, I spent a lot of time working on my car. I bought a car years ago off of a barn and I helped to fix it up myself and still have that same car ever since. And I play a lot of volleyball, actually. Played all throughout school, played in university for a bit, and uh, continue to do that. Have a lot of fun playing. Yeah, so it's a good balance between your your interest away from technology and your, and your working day-to-day -day environment. Definitely. And I think with all of the travel that I do with respect to developer relations, physical fitness and just uh, keeping well aware of your health is extremely important. I find that not only do I have a lot of fun playing, but sitting in chairs, sitting in airplanes and being on your feet at conferences all day definitely takes a toll on your body. And so being more aware of my fitness, going to the gym regularly, watching what I'm eating uh, has actually made a very large quality of life improvement with regards to feeling less sore, just feeling generally happier and um, less drained when it comes to some of these long stints that I know many of us face while we're off on the road. Nicholas, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? One thing I would say is the IT community, more than almost any other profession, seems more publicly available to be able to give input and advice. And so this takes many different forms, but I think one amazing example would be leverage Twitter. There are so many people that I know indirectly through Twitter or friend of a friend 
that I have been able to reach out to and have direct conversations with at all sorts of levels from you know executives to engineers whose projects I may just like. And so don't feel like you're in this alone. Leverage all of those people out there who were once in your shoes and are extremely willing to help you because I am certainly not a self-made person. I am a product of all of the people who have helped me along the way. And I think it's very important to reach back and help lift others up as well. So leverage Twitter, leverage the amazing tech community. And um, I think you'll really be surprised with how far it'll go. And that leads perfectly into my last question. So what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Easiest way to find me is um, likely Twitter. I am twitter.com slash the Nick Walsh. I'm also on LinkedIn, but I don't remember what my URL is. Uh, I'm regularly out and about on the Twitch AWS channel. That's twitch.tv slash AWS. And uh, you can probably find me at your local meetup talking a little bit about AI machine learning and how it's a little bit more than just robot overlords. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Phil. It's been a great time. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest's career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.